This is Inside Berkeley. I'm Kim Ashton. On this special edition of Inside Berkeley, Bonnie Hayes, the chair of Berkeley's songwriting department, interviews Cara Dioguardi. Cara Dioguardi is a singer, songwriter, producer, and former judge on American Idol. Sales of albums on which her songs appear exceed 160 million worldwide. Over 150 of her songs have appeared on platinum-selling albums. Bonnie Hayes, aside from being the chair of the songwriting department, is also a singer, songwriter, and a touring musician. Bonnie Hayes and Cara Dioguardi, welcome to Inside Berkeley. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's it's so scary to listen to the introductions. Yeah, it? to listen to us getting turned into blurbs. Yes. I'm a blurb, you're a blurb. I'm a blurb. Um, I think I'm a... Uh, smaller blurb though the chair of a department I know it sounds so very distinguished and scary I almost <laughs> feel like am I going to be graded after this you know you will get an A Kara. Oh, I hope so <laughs> my attitude I may get a C or D you I, have I, a bad attitude yes, but you I have excellent some... skills <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah so you have a kid I do um, so now are, did that slow you down Absolutely. And it should slow you down. Um, I think. I mean, some mothers would probably say, please don't tell me that it's going to slow me down anymore. But, you know, I was working so hard for so long and just kind of, you know, for 10 years, 12 years was just around the clock. And, you know, I can't even remember what went on during those years. I can't distinguish one from the other. They just kind of run into each other or ran into each other. And when I met my husband and, and, you know, I started to focus more on my personal relationship, that also took me away from the writing in the sense that I was no longer in kind of a dysfunctional relationship. And you know what they always say, like, the happier you are, the harder it is to write songs. Yeah, do you and think that's true? I mean, I do, do, you, do I you do. you write I, more songs when you're miserable? Oh, definitely. When it, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> happy songs just don't, you don't want to write a song when you're happy. You want to go out and, like, go on a boat or, you yeah, know, go you on a trip. you want to lay around drinking lemonade yeah, and kissing. Yeah, exactly. You want to you enjoy life. You want to be like, oh, happiness. Let me, like, go with this for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I met my husband, and then I had some health issues. Um, I had a, a BRCA gene, which is, it predisposes you to cancer, so I, I had some operations for that. And then I had, a, I had a baby, and I really lost my creativity, and I actually thought it was gone. I just figured, you know, that was one chapter of my life, and I was um, going to move on. And um, thankfully, I met an artist uh, maybe about year and a half ago who I uh, I work with now named Clarity. Actually, she was just uh, written up in Perez Hilton's blog. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was kind of, I was psyched for her because it gives her a lot of eyes. Yeah. Um, but she kind of brought it back for me. Um, I think being around someone who was so unique and had so much to say in such a different way uh, it kind so of. Are you like men? Uh, um, did you sign? You signed. Yeah, her. I signed her. She's and, an art house. Yeah, but you know, artists and 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 that's what I love about teaching here is that that it's it keeps it fresh, it keeps it new, it keeps it, it exciting, and it allows you as a writer, as a creative person, to say, you know, I remember the days when my heart was getting broken and I was out there struggling and I was doing my thing, and those were the greatest days for inspiration, and what I lacked 
in craft, I made up for inspiration. And now I love being around young kids because they're so inspired. But because I've been doing this for so long, there is, um, I may have an edge because I have that craft. So if you kind of put us together, it can be a really cool combination. Yeah, that's great. That's sort of like you get, I mean, now you can have a life, right? And and you can raise your son, and you can live with your husband, and you can be happy, and let somebody else suffer. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the saddest suffering that I have lately is that my child hates when I sing, and I don't mean I don't mean like, mommy, don't sing. I mean screaming at the top of it. Don't sing. Don't sing. He hates when I sing. Why do you think that is? And it's the big joke in the family. Um, My husband says it's because I'm loud. I'm just a very loud person, and my and that my son's ears may are may, sensitive. Yeah, um, but I don't buy that. I think you know. I, I have a theory about that because I have a friend who has two young kids, great singer, and um, the kids hate it when she sings, and she thinks it's because that singing represents this other Going part away of from your home. life. Yeah, yeah that, I totally that agree with you. To be I totally agree on. with you. And they're like, you're supposed to love me more than anything else. Right. And but I also don't want to admit that maybe my singing sucks. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I don't think okay. your singing sucks. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty go, sure I'm going to go with the one where mommy leaves the house, so we don't really want to. So did, now, did you write for Clarity or, w- or with Clarity? or how did Well, that that's kind work? of how I got sort of re-inspired again to work again was, um, I, you know, I started kind of just hearing things around her and making suggestions. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, do you want to maybe write a song together? Because she came to me writing her own stuff. How old was uh, she when she came? 16. Little. I I met her in Nashville, yeah. And I I don't want to say that I wasn't writing, but I was, you know, at one point I was writing 80, 90 songs a year, and I think I dropped down to about, you know, 10. Uh, Not a lot. And, I, you know, I'd written that, I'd written a song called Heartbeat Song, which was Kelly's single last year in one of those periods during that time. But, again, I, I, I wouldn't say I was feeling inspired. I would say that I was kind of, feeling like I was uh, washed up. <laughs> can, we, can you say that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like a little bit like, why am I doing this? And I always told myself that I did not want to be one of those people who was still writing pop songs at like 40-something. And I think in my brain, when I hit that age, my brain was going, no, you're not going to do this anymore. You're not going to do this anymore. And I had to figure out a way to stay creative do what I loved, but not have it be about having hit songs anymore. More about going in, working with young people, and maybe to some in so, some way helping them along their journey. Yeah. And I really feel like it's become that. And I and I owe a lot of that t- to teaching at Berkeley. Um, well, yeah, let's it, talk about that too. Yeah. I mean, I'm so so you so Clarity has her record came out. She has an EP that's out. An so. EP out. You know, it's, we live in such a funny day and age where pop music and how you break as a pop artist is so limited. Um, many labels are looking at you in terms of what your social media stats are before you sign. And once you sign, if you're a straight-to-pop act, you're very, very expensive. So you have to come from... You have to launch from a place that people really know who you are. So that's why, you know, Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato can have those big pop records. They're not going to alternative formats. They're not going to, you know, whereas today it's almost like you have to break in one format before you can go to pop. 
and crossover. Indie. S- yeah, right. Yeah. So she's created this EP. And I think along the way, she f- she's figuring out that she's not a straight-to-pop artist um, and that she wants to have a fan base. And, you know, since she was 16 when we signed her and she got signed to Lava when she was 17, Republic, you know, she's developing her band. She had some some guys from Berkeley, actually, that were in it. Yeah, yeah. So talk about that. I mean, that was something that you, you pulled her band out of. Well, so she had never ever performed. And she had to go to South by Southwest, which is, you know, pretty daunting as a task for someone who's never, yeah, yeah, for someone who's never performed though. So we did, we put together a great live band. You know, I look at Clarity as she's an artist that almost follows the plan of what artists used to do, which is they used to develop. We didn't just sign them and throw them out That's what A&R, you know, that's what A&R was. Yeah, and how do you really know at 16 who you are? You don't. It takes a minute. You know, if you're lucky and you get lucky and you just kind of, you know, have something to say that's hitting on a a cultural hot button. Like Lord. Yeah, (laughs) but if you look at like Alanis or you even look at uh, Sheryl Crow, you know, they had records come out and then they they switched all around. Katy Perry had, you know, a million variations of who she was you know Taylor Swift was allowed to evolve so I think that when you find someone who's deeply talented and has something to say you as a creative person and as someone who wants to champion them it's way more rewarding to help them become the best version of themselves and I think that's what's so great about being able to come to a college where you can meet young creative folk before they're on the outside and you can hopefully tell them what they have to expect out there and and give them a head start um you know which is what i love about this this kind of rebooting of the uh class that i that i taught the last year so you've been here since like 20 what is it 2012 was when you started it's it's been four years i think yeah it's been so 2011 yeah um so you this year you're doing a slightly different class. So you want to talk about the class that you're doing? Yeah. Um, well, I sort of had this epiphany that by just teaching songwriting, I had a lot of other things that I could be sort of talking to the kids about. And I wanted to create an environment where songwriters, producers, and artists really developed certain skill sets and and I I look at it as they should all be a and Ring. they should be a and Ring their records they should be a and Ring their beats their songs yeah. meaning that a producer should be listening to the song as much as he's doing his beat he should be looking at what the artist is doing what she's wearing what he's wearing what his configuration of the band is because nobody's really doing that and <laughs> if you want to compete you have to be good at a lot of different things and so you know Part of what what we address in in the classes, we we take um, a series of artists, maybe seven, and we build a producer out and maybe some songwriters around them. So each week they write with and for the artist. And the theory behind that is you probably have a better shot of getting your songs on records if you're actually developing the artist as well. I mean, the fact that you're going to graduate from school and Ariana Grande is going to cut one of your songs is is not likely. Right. So you might as well go out there and be a part of something that's young and fresh and different and coming up because that's a great calling card, Yeah. you know, to be able to break an act. So, you know, we, we, we address 
what are you wearing this week? What Look at how you're performing. What does that tell me about you? What is your setup going to look like on a stage? That song, how is that an entry point for you? Is it different from anything else? You use that title. That title's been used many, many times. How do you see your social media platform? How are you going to, you know, go out there and get fans? How are you going to translate, you know, views and likes into fans? So it's it's... Anything from that to publishing and, and really anything you can think of, you know, I, I kind of look at it as this is your time when, when I when I sit with sit with the kids, students, kids, their kids. I know I call I'm them so, kids, too. I'm, but... I'm old. But, um, <laughs> you know, I say this is your time. So ask me anything. Like if you're going to go and if you're going to sit here in between songs because there's a technical issue, like take this opportunity to ask me something. Um, you know, I know a lot of smart people that, um, you know, I have asked these questions of myself. So I, I think I hopefully I'm a good resource for them. I mean, what's amazing about the class to me is that you're doing something that really isn't happening anywhere else at Berkeley, which is one, focusing around artists um, and then kind of doing these pulling people in from different departments. So sort of creating these teams, it mirrors what goes on in the real world. Absolutely. Um, and I think that we, it's one thing that we just haven't done that much at the college. So that's why I think it's such a such a really, really important class. I don't think there's school. any way around it. I don't I don't think that you would ever graduate the school and want to be a songwriter, an artist, or a producer without following this model i mean there's how can there's, you even there's be no way one. i mean, I mean you, you don't want to go out and write songs yeah. in your bedroom alone no i mean kids in my <laughs> class charlie pooth betty who i mean that's exactly what they did when they left yeah. they you know frankie for charlie pooth was writing a song and he teamed with frankie um you know and it's the same thing you you can't do it alone it's impossible because being an artist means you have to have a sonic and you have to have great songs. Yeah. And I don't know many songs that are out there today that don't have a few names on each. Yeah. You know, kudos to you if you can do it 100%. That's amazing. But I think that also when you have strong ties within, you know, your college experience and you've found people that you really enjoy working with, it's going to be a lot easier for you when college is over to create that discipline and to have that person to call up um, that you have a sense of community with and talk about the struggle. Right. So it's also about creating network. Yeah. And and learning the importance of network. Mm -hmm. You know, right now we're kind of getting to we're in the what is that song saying is that a good song for you is it a good look is that a good genre I can't even get into the technical things about the productions or what are you wearing for this you know every single week or how does your hair look or how does this and I, I hate that that has to be a big part of it but it does and I think that people don't really realize that at Berkeley because when I when I did that one cold call for the auditions. Yeah, the auditions, I remember. You know, people came in like nobody was dressed as if they were going to be performing. And, you know, that is something that unfortunately labels look at and people look at. People look at. Yeah. Think about when you walk, when somebody walks into a room, you look at them and in that three seconds, yeah. you know more about them. And, right. and you that's make all, all and kinds of And you only have calls. three seconds. Yeah, that's what you have. But I have some time to kill. So actually, um, <laughs> my we're doing I'm doing a benefit in Maine called Healthy Kids with Lori McKenna, J.D. Harding, Jeff Cohen, myself, 
and I think one other person, Barry Dean maybe. So I'm curious, when you go into a writing session like that, with writers like that, do you prepare? or do I you... do now, because you yeah. know what? I started listening to myself in class going, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. I'm going to do that. Like, <laughs> I actually have taken some of my own advice. I never walk into a class, a, a writing session anymore without a lot of ideas. And by living in Maine and having my normal life, sometimes I'm in the grocery store and I think of something and I just jot it down on my phone. Um, and I've been coming up with a lot of concepts. I've been reading more. I've been thinking, um, kind of reflecting on my life and the themes. And, and, and I, you know, I have a stepdaughter and I'm around young kids and, and, and f- trying to, to almost feel in some ways what, what they are feeling because I have felt that before. So it's been working for me, actually. And um, I go on these very intense little writing trips. They're short, but they're they're cool. And um I have some ideas for Friday, so I'm going to bring them in. Sometimes you get shot down, but once in a while they... Yeah, yeah, just throw them out there. I'm excited. Yeah, that's cool. She's a great writer. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to work with her. Yeah, I think she's a great singer, too. She's really cool. So do you you try to finish a song at a session? You always finish? I do, but I, I always tell the people I'm working with, I would rather write part of the song and then reflect on it and see if it's even worth finishing. Right. Or see if... That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, maybe the next day there's a different... Rather than kill yourself yeah. to finish it. You know, I, I think for me the big paradigm shift is because I've done this, you know, for a while and I, and I really enjoyed doing it, I stopped enjoying doing it and it became more about people expecting something from me and it just got old and it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. And... I'm having fun again. It I'm has having, to be fun. Yeah, I'm having fun because again. if it's not fun for you, it's not going to be fun yeah. for. And I tell that to the kids. I do too. And you know, they they take it so seriously, and I want to just go look. Just follow. Like Dan Wilson came to the to the college a couple months ago, and he said, "They said, how do you make your decisions when you're writing?" And he said, "I just follow what I just follow what's interesting to me. I don't mm-hmm. I don't." really trip on any of that other stuff until I get it done and then I fix it if I need to fix yeah, it, you know? I agree with that. There's I sort of a, too. there's an inspiration process and then there's an editing yeah. process. And, and they I should think, be sort of yeah. separate, you know, if you start editing too early. You so, don't want to get in the way of your inspiration. No. I think there's a great Martha Graham quote about that. Yeah, because you can. I mean, you really can stop yeah. it too early. Um so well, that's cool. So you are you do you and you're taking guitar lessons? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually have this incredible. Well, the, actually, somebody who does shows with me, and we I started. I would do a lesson with him in New York City, and then we would do some follow up on iChat, which was really tricky because I could never figure out where his hands yeah, were. Yeah, because it's back. Sort you're of looking mirror, at yeah, it, right. weird mirror. Um, I did. I, I wanted to learn how to play my songs on guitar and on piano. So how's that going? <laughs> it's it's slow. I mean, I'm I'm getting there, but I've I've taken it's taken a back seat because I started wanting to write again. But I have been writing myself on piano and then bringing the songs into the room. Oh, good. Which has been fun. Yeah. And it's gotten some positive. Uh, you know, it's been a few people who are like, I really like that. So that's fun because I never did that. So when you write on piano, do you know what you're doing or do you just I, kind of I don't know what I'm doing until I, you find something good? Yes. I mean, I know <laughs> kind of what I'm doing. I know I know that, you know, this is major, this is minor. I know, I, I'm not sure about all the chords, but I know that they sound, they're where I want to go. Yeah. I know that I'm playing what I hear yeah. in my head. So 
Um, when you're a developed enough writer that you're not wandering around hoping to find, I mean, you know how to look for something right. that makes you feel good. And I don't, I almost don't want to be too great at it because it, there's something about kind of discovering it that's exciting for me. That's when the songs happen. Yeah. When you find a new chord or you find a rhythm or you find some yeah. beautiful little drone thing or something. And I never really relied on myself to play because I always had incredible collaborators who were you know very proficient. yeah it's almost like that that collaboration sometimes can keep you from developing the skill yeah. that you might have i mean god I had to move to maine me. and be in the woods and, yeah and, and you have I a have nice to... piano don't you yeah i do <laughs> oh you saw it right yeah i did it's very dusty though it's <laughs> always got dust on it it's very depressing <laughs> even when i play it <laughs> yeah it just doesn't matter just, man just not, it doesn't change no matter how much i clean it it's still dusty too all right. Well, there's two th more things I want to ask you. What do you look for in an artist? I mean, you're running a label, basically, or a publishing company. How do you know? How did you know that Claire... Just unique. 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 Different. Fresh. Interesting perspective. Someone who I want to listen to over and over again. I mean, that's, that's basically it. That's, that's all that matters. It's really all that matters. I was, you know, I try to tell my students, I'm like, it doesn't matter what note you can hit. I'd rather have you not hit a note and be saying something that is mind blowing and feeling it in a way that I feel like you're experiencing it with me in this room. So I, I try to tell the kids that and it's, it's sort of blows their mind because a lot of them think it's about riffing and uh, being the best singer in the college. And it's, I mean, that's great. If you have that natural talent, take it to the next level then. Yeah. You know, figure out how to use your voice and, and emote in a way that just kills people when they listen to you. Yeah, you were, were you on Idol? Were you on American Idol? Yeah, yeah. not as an uh, not as a I not was a as judge. an artist, yeah, as a yeah. judge, yeah. So that that was Riff Central. <laughs> riffin, 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 riffin. Yeah, it was a lot of riffing. Maybe you got you got your fill. I got of my it. fill of it. Yeah. <laughs> say that thing that you can say to aspiring artists and songwriters that will help them figure out how to proceed. I mean, I watch them fighting with themselves and trying to figure out how to get over. Do you have any words of, I know this is a bad question, but I'm tr I tried to find a cool way to say it and I couldn't say it, but do you have anything that you can say to them? To I have, There's so many things I can tell them. I mean, uh, the one thing is when you're writing a song, Google it. See who else has written that song. Oh my what God, the title thank you. Is, <laughs> the perspective that they used and see if you can flip the perspective use kind of what's come before you to your advantage and say it in a different way. Um, the other thing I can tell you is don't get stuck on the one song you wrote. If it's not that great, move on. Keep it going. You know, they're all precursors to the great one that's about to come. Right. And lastly, work your ass off. This is not about sitting, you know, near a river and strumming and singing and, and writing songs an hour a day. This is about every living, breathing moment thinking about how to turn your life into a great song and going out there and living your life and in the process of it, looking at those themes and trying to figure out, you know, 
does this make for a great thing to talk about in my music? Um, I think that you will find ideas in the craziest places. But if you sit in your room all day and you only write with yourself, it's not going to work out. You, it's like tennis. You know, you got to play with a great partner to get better. Yeah. So, you know, but I would say people who win are the ones who stay in it and work harder than everybody else. <laughs> work harder than everybody else. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Great talking to you. you. Too. You're awesome. This episode was engineered by student Steve Shaw in partnership with The Burn. I'm Kim Ashton for Inside Berkeley. Oh, 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 oh,